Yeah. And I, you know, I had a similar reaction. Um, I, I, my initial response to it was, well, I received it actually as a text from a friend. I didn't, I had no idea it happened. And it was probably the night of just after YouTube clips, everything started to come out. It was wildfire. And I had, I wasn't on my phone. I was out and busy and I get this text and the, the text itself says, Will Smith is fucked. going on everyone welcome back to another episode of the modern masculinity podcast i'm your co-host coach kyle what's going on my people it's your boy anwar ahmed aka a squared and we're back today with another fire episode and this one is going to be specifically revolved around will smith he just came out with a video an apology video it's been a while for a lot of people and there's a lot of feedback Will has received in the process and we haven't discussed this yet. So we decided, you know what, this is a perfect time to get into the conversation, share our our perspectives and really get into some of the details around masculinity and men and manhood and a lot of the things that are just kind of coming out of this conversation and what we think about it. So we're going to get into it. We're going to break it down into three parts. But before we do that, you know what time it is, is move check. Can't get that hot today for you guys. My voice is raspy <laughs> because you were where last night? I did. I did end up going to the um, the Young Money concert. In yes, Toronto, which was super, super nostalgic, super, super good times. But I forgot how quickly I can lose my voice when I'm a little excited. But <laughs> um, it was good. It was fun. It was little fun. Drake, little Wayne. Yeah, it's cool to. It was also really cool to just see what what impact can do, you know, seeing Drake in his own city with all those people around the people that created him and believed in it when he, you know, he only had a vision and a dream and, you know, mm-hmm. by ourselves, oftentimes, you know, you can have visions, you can have dreams, but it's the people around you that believe in you, that give you that energy that can help you get to where you need to achieve. And I felt like he was very, very, uh, very grateful uh, for mm-hmm. last night. He had the city and the team that made him. So it was kind of like a very, I could just only imagine what he was feeling inside, you know, like these people, yeah. And then these people are why I'm, I am what I am, you know? Um, so it was cool, man. It was cool to be a part of that moment. So what's, what's the mood coming off of a night like that then? What's the mood this morning? Other than tired. Um, yeah, no, I think, I think the mood from last night and I was around my, I, I was around, you know, my, my cousin who's a really good friend of mine and um, some people that mean a lot to me too. So it was, it was, it was just, it was just cool, man. It was just cool to see that, it was a very dreaming type of like, you know, mindset. Like when you see someone who's achieved the unachievable, you know, he's, mm-hmm. he's probably what the biggest artist in the world. And he, he, he's a, he's in these areas that like we walk around every single day, you know, it's like, um, there's a new burner boy sign that come out that says that, you know, um, it's called wild dreams. And he, he talks about just basically the concept of just like everything that we're looking at in this world, everything that we're looking at was one day, somebody's wild dream. Every mm-hmm. single thing that we interact with at one point was a wild dream to somebody and then they did it. And then now it's normal to us. Right. But everybody is fueling off of a wild dream. So, you know, chase it, go for it. Um, and, and believe that you're not the only one who uh, had a wild dream. Cause everything that we interact mm-hmm. with started from a wild dream at one point. Um, 
like Instagram, Facebook, this, you know, Zoom call, these mics that we're using, these things were all just like, at some point, just an idea on a piece of paper that someone was like, yeah, it's probably not going to be nothing. And then here we are using it every single day, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's, uh, it's cool. It's a hard, it's a hard thing to, it takes, and it takes a lot of courage to, to, to dream big. It takes a lot of guts to dream big because the world wants to make you believe that, um, you can't do it or that, you know, that person did it because they had a different circumstance than you, but mm. you know, they don't believe you're going to do it, but, but God did. So mm. got to keep it. pushing forward. I didn't listen. You just shook my world. I did not know that an album dropped a month ago. Where have I been? Who burn a boy? Did I just get, did I just crawl into a hole for a month? Like what? <laughs> I literally yeah. I was like, what? Wait, new song so i go click it and i was all right i'll download this song and then you it's got love it you'll love that song. my, my wow, favorite geez. artist in it i love khaled yeah you're gonna love that song oh my goodness oh, but yeah you must be living set. under a rock I don't, like i don't like when burn a boy drops he's the only artist i don't gotta really try that hard to be like oh he dropped a new album it's like it starts playing in my house somewhere or someone's already playing it it's just like in your face i think burn a boy's reach is just crazy especially in the summertime burn a boy drops an album in the summer it's a good album. I think it did a good job. All right. All right. There's my day set. All right. Um, what's your mood, man? Yeah, you gotta be like your your background is again, your background's changed. That's how you know there's some packing <laughs> going on. Plants are gone, things are missing. Yes. You're, in a, you're in a full transition right now. Yes. Well, yo, I guess that's this episode's gonna come out in the perfect timing. Um, so in the recording of this. It'll come out in about three days. I am leaving for Costa Rica in eight days. That's a lie. Seven days. I'm leaving for Costa Rica in seven days, bro. So <laughs> that's daunting. That was, a, that, that was a nervous laugh. I don't know if y'all caught that. That, that sounded like it had a lot of nerves in it. Ah, uh, yeah. So the, you won't see my background in this in this clip, but behind me, there's like way less books. There's no plants. I have one tree left that's going to a friend like everything is gone because in seven days yeah me and my partner gabby were moving to central america we're going to costa rica and working our businesses from there so we uh are under the gun if you will of all of the things that need to be done the cleaning the packing the organizing the walkthrough the family the friends the work we still have full-time clients like so it's pretty wild and it's cool in a sense because like i i'm stressed i'm anxious for sure i have all those feelings but i'm also in go mode so i don't really have like the time if you will to be sitting in the pockets of stress and overwhelm and stuff it's kind of just like listen we have so much to do and so i'm almost thriving at the same time i love when there's things to do and you just can you just know, like you have a, a 50 to-do list and you have seven days to complete it. So you always have something to take care of and do. And I thrive in that. So I love that uh, environment. So I'm all over the place. So there's people that have been asking me, are you ready? Which I find to be a wild and outrageous question. But I think uh, my response to it is, you know, it, it, I want you to name an emotion. And I've felt that in the last 24 hours. So I don't know if that implies that I'm ready or if I'm not, mm-hmm. but it for me the question is irrelevant because i'll never be ready for a move like this it's mm-hmm. just go and figure out and do it and learn and pivot and adjust accordingly and that's literally our plan and that's the way big change works so uh 
yeah, like I said, name an emotion. I have felt it probably already in the first three hours of my day, two hours of my day. Um, yeah, that's honestly, that's my mood is every single mood that you could think of. <laughs> that's, I mean, it's, this is a big feat, man. This is not, um, this is not a light, light journey. This is not, you know, moving from, you know, 17th street to 18th street. This is not moving from Calgary to Toronto. This is no. not, this is, you know, new people, new culture, new signs you've never seen before. Um, so it's navigating a lot of, but that's, why it's all the emotions in one right mm -hmm. it's uh, and the biggest one being you know uncertain uncertainty you know yes. just you know you don't know what to expect and i think that that's what i think that's the anchor that creates all of the other emotions i think that mm -hmm. we all maybe to some degree kind of felt that during the pandemic too is like when we the world got really uncertain we things started falling apart in our minds mm -hmm. Because uncertainty almost like fosters all these other emotions that we don't process every day. When the ship is moving the right direction, you like lean into like all the emotions you know. It's like, yeah, mm -hmm. this, this, up, oh, stress, dealt with that before. I know what this feels like. When uncertainty is the crowd that's hovering over your head, oh my God, the emotions that come with that is like, it's um, it's very fight or flight feeling, you know? Mm -hmm. And to your point, you, you kind of like the fighting. You're like, okay, cool. And I'm in the battle and I'm in the fighting. I'm in the, the, the to-do list. I'm yeah. like, I'm kind of like, I kind of feel alive a little bit. I'm like, cool, just get through this task, get through this task. And then you stop the fighting and you're like, oh, a lot of flight, a lot of flight, a lot of flight. Like, <laughs> like, let me just go back to fighting. Let me just go back to fighting. Let me just go back to fighting. It feels better. Um, uh -huh. But you can kind of just like, you know, um, it's the growth, man. It's just the growth of just like, like every day, every process you do now is like, you'll see how all those cold showers are going to come, come full circle. Cause everything you're, everything you're going to do for the next seven days and the mm. next seven days after that is going to feel like a cold shower, uncomfortable. Don't know what's right. Don't know what's wrong. Just all you're going to have to do is like, you know, lean into the ability to the knowing that, you know, you can get through it and that it's going to mm. end, you know, and that you're going to figure it out. Um, so I'm excited for your journey, man. I'm excited to watch someone else go through it. Um, Actually, I'll share, I'll share that like one little nit, like, I think a lot of people sometimes ignore the fact that you can learn and you can like, as long as someone else is willing or you're close enough to the person to go on an experience with someone by just like asking how it's going and like being curious about what they're going through. Like for me, it's like, I'm going to Costa Rica now too. I'm just going yeah. to, I'm just going <laughs> in a different body, you know, it's not me, yeah. but I'm going through a different body. And I think that like, we often like we often ignore how much indirect learning can help you, you know, like mm -hmm. you not physically having to learn something, but learning through somebody else, learning through a different vessel, being yeah. close enough to someone that you can ask the right questions and what are the emotions and being curious about like, okay, cool. You know, what did that feel like? You know, how did it feel to, you know, move there and, and being curious about it? So I think that, you know, oftentimes you don't got to touch the fire yourself to find out it's hot. If somebody's touched it, ask them, why did you touch it? Mm -hmm. how did you find out it was hot how long did the burn last for yeah. you know and and learn through those channels like learn through people just ask questions be curious um because sometimes you don't have the courage naturally but just through being inquisitive and curious you can find the courage um mm -hmm. to go do the thing that you're looking to do so um i'm excited to go on this journey with you and just kind of mm -hmm. be a, kind of be a fly on the wall so yeah, that's a good point too. And like, just before we get into the conversation, something that Gabby and I've been doing already is um, just kind of recording the, the moments leading up. So, you know, a few of the moments have been getting her passport and just like that journey and what it means when you get that and accomplish that and how like you can 
feel more ready. And then when things start to get out of your house and your house starts to empty, like recording the in the moment feeling and experience and how we're navigating it. We've been taking small videos like that throughout this process to be able to go back to, because it's the proof of the fact that you can still have those feelings and do the thing anyway, right? Like the, the concern and the worry and the sadness and the grief and the fear, like you can have all of these things, all of these feelings and still make a big decision, regardless of their presence. You can walk with them rather than away from them. And so we're excited to share all of that information. And once we get there and even just even the why behind our decision, but it's going to be a very open process. So that way we can invite a lot of people into a different part of their journey as well. So they don't have to feel stuck in their circumstance. They don't have to feel stuck in where they're headed. And if they're headed anywhere, we want to inspire in that way with this decision as well. So it's definitely for us, but we know that there's a lot of opportunity to support people, including our clients with it as well. So um, yeah, you'll definitely be a part of it. And I mean, well, we'll be having deep conversations about it as I go and we'll obviously be recording this podcast. So my mood check will be big tell, but, uh, yes, yes. We are excited to share all that, all that information. And it'll be cool to see your guys's, uh, your growth as a, as a couple as well. You've done one move that was, you know, to Calgary, to Toronto, right? So mm-hmm. you guys moved to Toronto, you know, you guys know, you guys have the history and the memory of what that move feels like. Mm-hmm. And then you guys have done all of this incredible work, you know, in between now and then, and now embarking on an even harder move. So it'll be really cool to see how that skill set translates over and how, you know, how, how much stronger you guys relationship and your, your duo. It almost feels like you're going back to the playoffs after being mm-hmm. maybe kicked out of the first round last time. And now it's like, okay, new yeah. team new structure let's see how we battle this time and that's going to be cool to watch too especially from like the your guys' client side of things of just like yeah. having those two different pillars of how maybe it didn't work in one in one move how it can work better in a second move all those kind of conversations and you know what you've been leaning on a lot of things to unpack uh, for you guys there too so Mm-hmm. It's exciting times all around, really. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't agree more. And we're phrasing it like the move to Toronto was part of our uh, 1.0 relationship. That was 1.0. Then we took a break or separation. We technically broke up for a year and a half. Then we got back together. That's 2.0. And now we're not necessarily breaking up or separating. We're taking on this new challenge, but it is a completely different type of experience of life. So we're calling that the the, the arrival in Costa Rica is the beginning of 3.0 it's just another level up of our relationship and new people new versions of us will arrive and show up and um new ways of living together and being together will show up and will be needed and called in so it's going to be a completely different dynamic so it'll be interesting to see how we learn how to navigate the 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 bridging of the gaps between uh 2.0 to 3.0 so we're we're excited we're excited So let's get into the conversation today. I could talk about Costa Rica all day. That's for damn sure. I have so many thoughts. But today we wanted to talk about Will Smith. So one of the most iconic people I think to ever exist is Will Smith. And I think both of us could go on an entire episode alone of just speaking to the caliber of impact Will Smith has had on both of our lives and the lives of our friends and our family. And what we've taken from him and learned from him and why we follow him so closely. Will Smith's iconic. He's absolutely iconic. 
unfortunately, there has been an event where his iconic status has been deeply threatened. So how we're going to break this conversation down is we're just going to start simply with the initial circumstance, which was the Oscars and the slap towards Chris Rock. So we want to talk about that. And then we'll get into his initial apology and the silence that preceded that. And then the new video that just came out uh, after three months of silence. So really simply put in the most basic form, you see a video at some point in March and it's of your iconic person in your life, celebrity, slapping another one in front of everybody, in front of the entire world. What's your initial response? How did that, how did that hit you? First thoughts. Damn. <laughs> He's going to regret that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not that I didn't think he could overcome it, but just like as a, you know, when you see like your friend, like get mm-hmm. taken over by uh, yes. something that's just like, and I'm like, yeah, we're still going to be homies. I know we're still going to be good, but I'm like, Ooh, you might regret that one. You know, you're gonna like you know, the PR version of me came out right away. I was like, Oh, <laughs> shit, we're not to clean this mess up. Like mm. we'll get through it, but damn. And just because I knew going into that, that it was going to be an epic night for him for a completely different reason, a completely different reason. Yeah. You know, I thought like all the, the, the talk, like it was just like, I kind of felt like, you know, when Leonardo DiCaprio finally got his and everyone was like, you know, I can't believe it took that long first and foremost, but you know, way long into his career, finally got that, you know, the Oscar that he deserved. I felt like Will, it was Will Smith's time to kind of, you know, have his almost, I mean, I was talking about Drake's moment last night, like, but like almost at his moment, right? Like he's been an icon for so long. And finally, he's about to, you know, receive an award for all of the work that he's done. And it was going to be sure he got the award for King Richard, but he was also going to like in that moment, we were all going to see him just receive a reward for life. Like here is just like a here's a reward for this movie. But like, no, you've been epic this whole entire time, you know, and all of that got just like erased because it now the elephant in the room is this action, this mm-hmm. this, this um short um character mishap you know but yeah how did, that was, you, how did you come to the video did someone send it to you did you see it somewhere oh like i was i was in an all-inclusive um wedding in mexico for my my buddy mm-hmm. um and it was just like everyone just it was all at once we all kind of got on our phones and it was like look look so i wasn't even like watching like i didn't get the like the the, the visual of being just watching the oscars and just like you know seeing right. it in like real time it was just the the videos coming out afterwards and if mm-hmm. you know the memes came out real fast after like it was like that's <laughs> quick i'm not gonna lie some of these memes were <laughs> <laughs> memes that came with it were, were quite funny but um yeah i got it in that lens i got it more from that and i was like okay when i get back home i'll you know i'll watch it in, in more long format and things like that but mm. you really got the gist of it from the the short three minute clip like they laid it all out you know yeah um but yeah that was my initial reaction was i want to preface all of this by saying like there was two men in this world that you know when I was younger, I was looking for leaders, people that I wanted to like aspire, copy, like, you know, I wanted to like, you know, um, imitate the way they kind of moved and how, how they kind of flowed. And for me, it was always Kobe Bryant and Will Smith. Those were just the only two, those are the two guys I looked up to and just thought if I could be a, like, 
And I thought that, you know, Kobe Bryant and his, like uh, his own, his tenacity, his grit, his like determination for like getting what he wanted. But then like Will Smith's like father side, his like playful side, his, his comedic, like trying to like his joy for life. You know, a lot of people, Kobe Bryant was, you could argue he didn't like enjoy life. He enjoyed process. You know, he mm-hmm. enjoyed grind. He enjoyed the, the the putting in the hours like he didn't really talk about partying or having fun or loosening up like he was his whole his, his mamba mentality right so to me it was like these two worlds together in one human is perfect mm-hmm. you know will smith is a joy and fun and character for life kobe bryant's determination to achieve what he wants to achieve i was like if i follow if i can just copy these two guys you know i'll be in a pretty good place mm-hmm. so for me it's like i think when you watch that video you also have to understand where do you come from right if, 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 if Will Smith is your guy, you're going to try to find reasons to justify what he's doing or, or give him the benefit of the doubt, you know, take everything into consideration and then assess the video. If you hate Will Smith, you're probably just going to think he, like, it was just, you know, if you're coming into that video and you have no emotional connection to Will Smith, you're probably just going to be like, what the hell? Like how immature, how dumb, how this, how that. So I often think like, think about where your perspective on the individual is and how much grace you might give them based on, you know, your, your likingness to them. But, mm-hmm. um, and so I'm just stating here that like clearly going into that video, seeing that video, I might be going, damn PR, what are we going to do about this? Because like, I'm on Will Smith's side. Mm-hmm. I'm on, I'm on his team. You know, uh, I, I followed him long enough that, you know, he feels like close to me. So yes. I'm going to, I'm going to be more bird's eye view and try to find grace in the situation. But I don't think that that was his best self. Mm-hmm. And I think that if he could go back, he'd probably do that a little, little bit differently. Yeah. 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 And I, you know, I had a similar reaction. Um, I, I, my initial response to it was, well, I received it actually as a text from a friend. I didn't, I had no idea it happened. And it was probably the night of just after YouTube clips, everything started to come out. It was wildfire. And I had, I wasn't on my phone. I was, out and busy and I get this text and the, the text itself says, Will Smith is fucked. That was the, the part of the message that I received. So I was already in a way, I don't think intentionally, it's just the reaction that the person, this person who sent it to me had. And then the clip of the video was attached to this text. Will Smith is fucked. And I was like, well, that's a weird message. So I click the video and I watch it and I th- I think initially my body just kind of went into shock. Like I was like, wait, what? And confusion arose. Like I was confused. I can remember it being in the kitchen um, with Gabby and we watched it together and we were both like, what? Because the absurdity of it felt just like it was fake. Like someone created some sort of animated, you know, deep fake video with these people. Like it, was, it just seemed so off. But one thing that I do in these moments of like big, uh, what's the word here, big event or something that's very drastic is that my coping mechanism is to not believe it until I know for 100% fact it's true. So what I mean by that in this statement is when I saw the video, I, I said, that's fake. Like my response was that was fake. Like that was a show that didn't really happen the way we're interpreting it. Um, it wasn't as serious as we're making it out to be. Like it, I question it first so heavily before I get to a position where I feel like I can then believe it. And I do the same thing actually with like death. 
when, when I know someone has passed, I need more information to believe it before I let my emotion feel the process. So it's, it's a bit of a protection mechanism, which is very interesting, but it's how I process. So I process this in the exact same way. I said, whoa, no, I want to let this settle, see what happens tomorrow. And if it's still true, then holy shit, it, it's true. That's crazy. And that's, I guess that was my initial response. Um, and then what happened from there? I guess, I think, I guess I was just, I sat in confusion and didn't really process any sort of like emotion from it. That's my, that was my initial response. I just said, that's crazy. Whoa. Um, also, Wilson's not fucked, but he's, you know, he definitely hit somebody. And I was confused too, that he didn't punch him. Like I, I thought he would punch him if anything, not a smack. So that's why I thought it was fake. It just seemed like an odd way to approach it. That was my, my first initial response. Um, yeah. Yeah. That, that's how it all came to be for me. And yeah, to, to that point of the, the, the punching and slapping and we're building this, we're, we're speaking this podcast from like initial reaction to like what we think we can unpack from it. So we're really mm-hmm. just like going, you know, raw when you see someone for me, raw, when I, you know, other than like, damn, Will Smith, like my real initial reaction is what did Chris Rock do? Mm, right like for me i don't naturally think like okay somebody smacked another person right especially like like will smith and stuff i'm like what did why would at the odd like what could chris rock have said to make will smith get out of his seat at this event with the whole world watching and go smack i'm like what did chris rock say so like I was trying to find the like the the video of like what did this guy say? What did he say? What did he say? I need to find out what he said. And for me, the fact that it was like, you know, I think I've, I've had this kind of conversation with you before too. The fact that it was like a, a very deliberate action with like very deliberate like message. It felt like parenting, hmm. and not like like a loose, like a, like a radical fighter. Who's just trying to like, right. who's out of control. Right. And that's a disciplinary some, approach. Exactly. Yeah. Some of the, yeah. some of the, like the, like people are like, Oh, you know, the Will Smith is fucked. Like blah, 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 blah. Like he was some like, you know, loose cannon running around just like curb stomping people. Mm-hmm. Like it really felt more like it took me back to like my childhood when like, you know, and this is not how every child was raised. But for me, it was like, if you did something wrong, you got slapped and told to not do the thing that you did to not do. You know what I mean? It was right. like smack, don't touch that smack, go over there, smack, go over here. And so to me, it was like, he just got parented. Like right. he said something very disrespectful. Will Smith went up to him, smacked him and said, keep my wife's name out of your mouth. Yep. It felt very like parenting versus like this loose cannon type of like radical behavior that was like uncontrollable, like, he walked up, he walked up, not run, walked, slap. Don't do that. This is the message I'm coming. I'm, I'm giving you. And so some of the rhetoric that came out of like, he is fucked. He's this, he's that. I kind of was like, I, I feel like I grew up in that, that, like that, that was, that was parenting. <laughs> Wasn't that parenting? That's not how we yeah. got, isn't that what like getting just spanked or, you know what I mean? It had very, so to me, it was kind of like, there was a, this weird, like he was getting mixed up into a different kind of camp that I didn't yeah. feel like, 
it was, I thought it was more intentional. Could you be more intentional in a better way without physicality? Absolutely. Are we going to lead the conversation into a little bit more of that stuff? Absolutely. But initially I was like, first of all, what the hell did Chris Rock say? Yeah. And second of all, I didn't think it looked as loose as people made it seem to be. I thought it looked way more intentional, like very specific. And yeah. I think the reason why he chose to slap him, it had more of like a, like a disciplinary, like that's disrespectful type of energy. Like right. to, that's how it felt. Um, Which I think you speak to something that's, we're going to come back to a million times in this co- podcast is that like this experience, how we are interpreting it is so much less about the quote unquote reality of someone hitting somebody else and responding to a wife's face or sent trauma or whatever. It's all going to be how, our life has been up until that point and how we interpret violence, how we interpret disrespect, how we interpret what being a human is like. And for you, like you just gave it in the first sense of, you know, this was something that was a part of my life in a way and in a disciplinary way. So this is how I interpreted it. Shit PR, but also like it was a slap. You know, like it's a different approach for me. I did have a little bit of that, you know, whoa, loose cannon thought because that wasn't a part of my experience in life. So I did have that thought at some point of like, like you hit him, like why are you hitting him? Like that was the, the, the wildness of it. So we're going to come back to that a lot, but it's just a reminder for at any point of this conversation, you're listening or you've tried to interpret this Will Smith experience and you're in one side or the other or in the middle you are interpreting it strictly from your experience. And so it's not really the truth, if you will. Like there's not really a truth that you can interpret here. It's simply your interpretation and perspective of an opinion based on your belief systems, specifically, uniquely you. And unfortunately, there is currently 7 billion people <laughs> in the world who are all expressing their opinion towards this one event. So we're never going to find the middle ground and a safe space here but just as a reminder through this process and through this conversation. Yeah. And, and that's why I think that just like having so many different, you know, I think that my experience and my feeling on in my reaction might even lend to somebody else who maybe didn't come from that kind of disciplinary background of being like, you know, maybe Will Smith saw that as like a disciplinary action as well and not a violent right. action. I, I would right. love to see, I would love to know how Will Smith got raised, you know? And well, what- and that's such a great point. Sorry to interrupt because I don't think a lot of people have actually read his autobiography before this event. And I did personally. And so for me, I was, I had a predisposed knowledge of Will Smith's life, which is a wild journey. Like that book is not small. That is a thick ass autobiography. And in there, he speaks to exactly what he's already spoken to, which is centralized trauma and how he grew up. Right. And so it's, it's exactly that. I need to make sure that that point is is prevalent of like, you know, his life is so deep as all of ours are. So this behavior is not necessarily coming out of nowhere. Right. It's Mm -hmm. not a, Oh, this is his true character. or, Or we saw the real Will Smith in this experience no, like it's, you know what I mean? Anyways, that's a for later in the conversation, but I need to get that point out. Oh, definitely. And I think what that lends to is this ability of like, can we at least understand to lead us to like, we don't have to agree with what he did, but can we understand? And then can we be better? Right. That's, that, that's always the, the, I think that the two things that we're trying to put together is like, I can understand. I can't, I don't agree with what you did, but I can understand 
how it happened. Mm. And I, I don't, I don't want this to continue either. You know what I mean? 100%. And I think that like the understanding part kind of got lost in like this, like loose cannon conversation and he's out of control and he's this and he's that. And, um, and so, yeah, it was just like, you know, for, from, from the lens of me, there was like a lot, like there was a lot of, I could tell a lot of the way I got grew, I, I grew up in really influenced how I, I watched that video, being a big fan of Will Smith, you know, being someone who like, you know, came from a household that the discipline was, you know, if you did something wrong or you did something that wasn't right, you got condemned with a, a slap or whatever, like being slapped in the face to me, was like how I got, was, was parenting, mm-hmm. um, you know, was disciplinary. Uh, and then just knowing that in like, you know, growing up in the, in the streets, like just knowing that like street smarts was like, you don't say something that could risk you getting hit. Mm-hmm. You don't toe those lines. If you think that this might get you, you don't say certain things. You don't disrespect people to their face. Uh, if you're not ready for the consequence and understand that the consequence could be maybe this, if the person is like not screwed on correctly. So mm-hmm. there was always a, a, a conscious thing of like, I don't know if it was, um, who was, a uh, um, there was a, I don't know if it's like a, like a prophet or like what, maybe like Moses or one of those people that used mm. to like have a rock in their mouth all the time so that they thought before they spoke. Mm. It was like, it's one of those like parables or one of those like yeah. old stories, but it always stuck with me. And like this, this, this person, he had a little stone in his mouth so that before he ever spoke, you'd have to like take out the stone and have that second to process what he was uh, saying. Yeah. And it was always like that, like to, in the streets, it was, street smarts is like that you don't just talk to talk that yeah. could just that could lead you down a rabbit hole like you're very intentional about your words and what you say um so having all of that be like what i grew up on it was i watched that video in, in a certain lens you yeah. know what i mean um and that's why like all the people that are like he's canceled he's dead he'll never be forgiven for all of this stuff i'm like that lands on like wildly deaf ears to me and mm-hmm. i'm like what really we're gonna yeah. cancel a human being for culture uh, is is in a wild place right now but i hear that i still hear them i hear like but i don't hear it in like a cancel version i hear it of like will smith can be better right so something that anwar and i both deeply value in our lives is personal development and not just talking the talk but also walking the walk which is one of the fundamental reasons why we created this podcast is to support you in having the tough conversations and then feeling confident and safe to take new action with this new knowledge. So what we've decided to do to support you in this is we've partnered with Men's League, a men's mental health platform whose biggest focus is to make a systemic shift in how we view what being a man is and what masculinity entails. Their mission is to provide a diverse group of like-minded men with a support system surrounding their mental health, their physical health, their financial aptitude, and their personal relationships. Men's League is a space where you commit to improving yourself. You commit to improving your mental health and becoming a better man. So what does Men's League offer? Well, let's get into it. First and foremost, they're a private community for men which includes a chat forum and also monthly Zoom calls where you come together, discuss a topic, and you just partake in conversation with other men. I've taken part in so many of those. They're one of my favorite things. Mental health check-ins. So this is huge. This is unlimited 45-minute sessions with mental health professionals. Incredible. You always have that help at your access. Discounted one-on-one and group coaching services, a whole mental health resource library to help you manage your day-to-day and real-life issues. 
exclusive membership offers. This is cool. They have discounts for men's clothing and health products. And this is my personal favorite part because I've partaken in it a lot is professionally made online self-development courses that you can take at your own pace. They're always available to you and they'll help you with your relationships, your physical health, and your financial aptitude. So if you're looking to get involved, we in Men's League are excited to offer you a 50% off of your first year membership. To do, to join the league, go ahead and click that link in the bio or go to mensleague.com and don't forget to enter promo code MODERNMASK50 and get access to everything they have to offer. Men, we see you, we hear you, and we are standing tall beside you in this arena of misunderstood masculinity. We'll see you back in the episode. Right. And I think that like, you know, I think that's what we're really asking when we're trying to counsel somebody is like, listen, can you do better? We're just, we're such in an extreme form of emotionality right now that I think that it's, or not even extreme. I think just very confused about our own emotions in this world and how to process them in safe ways. And so something like this happens and we're just over, <laughs> you know, it's funny is that we think this is a new interpretation for me is that Will Smith went and slapped somebody in public across the face because of the fact that they disrespected his wife, right? So they did something physical and slapped somebody. And then you have this comment section, which has some of the wildest slander and con condemnation and shame filled words. And we're saying that that's better. Like that's, that's, a, that's okay. Like it's, it's actually wild to me that we have positioned ourselves in that way because he, there's so much to pull at, but I think that it's just the concept of the fact that we're meeting uh, an action we don't agree with, with more actions we don't agree with. So we're just feeding the irony, this, the irony right? The hypocrisy, but because this experience pulls out something in you which is more to come in this conversation. So that's, that's the initial response. So Will Smith smacks Chris Rock. Both of us have our own reactions and a reminder for everyone. They are not the same. If you haven't already acknowledged it, like we already in this conversation, we're best friends and we have two completely different reactions to this video. Okay. First and foremost, then he comes out with an apology. He comes out with this post. That's a lie. There's one more step. I wasn't really invested in this part, but this this acceptance speech and this thing with Questlove and the way in which the rest of the Oscars continued, I don't really know much about that. Do you know anything about that? And if you do, what was your response? No, I, I don't know much about it, but from like the, what I watched online, essentially, like, you know, he ended up getting, ended up winning an award that night, went on stage. And, um, you know, I thought that he, he didn't really address the Chris Rock thing at all. I think he was in a very emotional place of just accepting this award. And I think that also that that duality of that experience is probably crazy. I don't even know what was going through his body, like low of low to high of high. Like, I think that and I think that, you know, the 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 room felt very conflicted about how to even receive him and how to even give him his flowers that night because of like, you know, the action that he did. And sometimes life is like that, I feel like, too, where it's like it's hard to give someone flowers when there's that dark cloud beside them or, you know, um, and I think that like 
the conversations after that, he went up there, he did this speech. He seemed very emotional uh, about the speech. And then he left. And then I think shortly after that, a couple of days later, he was like suspended from the, like he was suspended from the Oscars for like eight years or something like that. And um, they kind of put their, they, they put the, they drew the line in the sand. And um, yeah, that's all I really kind of know about the, the aftermath of that. Got it. Okay. Yeah. All right. So we're laying out the picture here, the foundation, if you don't already know, which I assume you do, but we're just getting very clear. Because I think that one of the missing parts of this process is that we're just taking everything in its own form and not really just walking ourselves through the process of what a circumstance like this looks like and how to work through it for ourselves. What I, I have something very fascinating to say later. So then he comes out with this message of apology on his social media. Okay. First of all, I think that what's fascinating about this is that he is apologizing to us. Like I was thinking about this the other day, we're asking Will Smith to apologize, but we're literally asking him to apologize to us. Like apologize to me specifically. You know what I mean? Like if he didn't post this, a lot of people would be like, you never apologized. But what you're saying is apologize to you. But what did he do to you? Like he didn't do anything to you. Anyways. I'm going to get to that in a second. This is what Will Smith said in his initial response. Violence in all of its forms is poisonous and destructive. My behavior at last night's Academy Awards was unacceptable and inexcusable. Jokes at my expense are a part of the job, but a joke about Jada's medical condition was too much for me to bear and I reacted emotionally. I would like to publicly apologize to you, Chris. I was out of line and I was wrong. I, would, I am embarrassed and my actions were not indicative of the man I want to be. There is no place for violence in a world of love and kindness. Would also like to apologize to the academy the producers of the show all the attendees and everyone watching around the world i would like to apologize to the williams family and my king richard family i deeply regret that my behavior has stained what has been an otherwise gorgeous journey for all of us i am a work in progress sincerely will so this was three months ago and it was pretty much a, like a day or two after it was pretty quick of the event so i'll i'll take the start on this what was my initial response to this post? I think that I expected it. I think it was just expected. I didn't really have a big emotional response to this. I mean, he closed comments, so there's not really a lot of opinions we can work off of uh, on this specific post. But I think that for me, he's a public figure. He is in the eyes of the world always. So at the end of the day, he's going to have to speak on this and he's going to have to apologize. That's just inevitable to me. And so this post wasn't, really emotionally charged. It wasn't really much for me. I think it was just, yep, there's Will Smith is apologizing as he should. Perfect. Great. He is taking ownership in this form publicly for his actions. That's what I saw. And I, I've seen a lot of, there is a lot of experiences like this, not just Will Smith's, but on smaller scales with a lot of different content creators, a lot of different people in the world. And they all do this exact same thing, right? It's eventually you're going to have to speak to it. So for me, it was just another day in the business, another day in life. That was my initial response. What was yours? Yeah, very similar. Needed to be done. Yeah. Have to put it out there. Um, your, you know, the action was very clear that you know the it wasn't your best self. Um, and I think that like, I actually think the way he wrote that apology was actually really well written. Mm. Um, the fact that he 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 highlights that you know violence is poisonous, and that we're trying to create a world of love. The specific people that he apologized to, Chris Rock, um, 
you know, his family that he like, you know, the, the, the fact that he understood that he stole a moment from a group of people that yeah. were like, I just thought it was a very, like, it was very detailed. It was very specific. The Academy, like, I thought it like, it wasn't just like a, I apologize, Chris Rock for my actions. I'm working on things, you know, blah, 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 blah. Like I thought it was very detailed and it was very, very well written. Um, Cause I think it touches at all the the right spots, but yeah, like it was, you know, a couple of days after um, in a post, you're not going to think too much of it. It has yeah. to be done. You're kind of just like, okay, the box was ticked. I think most people read it and kind of went, mm-hmm. knew that was coming. Yeah. And, and um, something to like add on there is like the very end where he said, you know, I'm a work in progress. Love I think that, that a, a lot of people took that in this, at least the conversations that I was hearing, like I'm a work in progress. It felt like they wanted him to say, you know, I'm a piece of shit instead of I'm a work in progress. They wanted him to take some sort of like shameful action, shameful words. Like I am, there's something wrong with me, you know? And I think that's what is hard about this process is um, by telling people in this world, like I'm a work in progress. uh, Unfortunately, you, you leave room for people to find all of the ways in which that's true. So then they find the pockets where you're not perfect. And this is the really difficult part about this whole journey with Will Smith is that we put him on such a pedestal in our lives. And this is the challenge that we face by um, idolizing someone to such an extent that we are no longer present with ourselves. You know, we don't really know who we are. We're so busy trying to be somebody else. So I'm trying to be like Will Smith and his behavior and his family, and I'm trying to reach his heights, but I f- completely forget about myself in the process. So then in a way I am Will Smith. So then I am the one who slapped somebody. So it's, it, it creates this like lack of separation between other people and asp- aspiring to be somebody and being ourselves. Uh, we don't really have a lot of control in that arena. And so it, it's tough what it mirrors back. Like, you know, I'm a work in progress asks everybody in the world to also acknowledge that you are also a work in progress. You know, it calls you forward in that way. And that can be triggering. That can be annoying and frustrating of like, no, I'm not, you know, like, what do you mean? I'm a work in progress. I'm not, I'm fine the way I am. You know what I mean? Question. Mm. Let me paint a picture here. <laughs> okay. If there's, if there was these two kids, let's go back to, you know, I, I bullying is a big thing in my early childhood. Right. And cause this is, this is just jokes and fun. Right. Everyone has this whole Chris rock thing as like, I was just making a joke. Right. Yeah. You're a teacher. These two kids are fighting on the playground. You find out that the fight started because someone made a joke about someone's mental, like a mental like thing that they have going on. And there's kids joking about it. The kid loses it. Does the kid not also owe the other person an apology for joking about a medical condition? Mm. Why isn't Chris Rock apologized to Jada Smith publicly mm. saying, I'm sorry if my words came off in a way that wasn't joking. Why isn't he getting condemned for the action that caused the slap? Mm. Why is there no, like he doesn't have to apologize to Will Smith, but he could have came out and said, I apologize to Jada if my actions and my words because what we're doing here now is we're acting as if words like it's we're so worried about the physical we're so worried about a slap yeah. that we're ignoring that like your words can feel like slaps to people so why hasn't chris rock come out and apologize to jada smith 
and say, mm-hmm. I am sorry that my joke crossed the line and, and hinted at your medical condition. That hasn't happened yet. And we're not talking about that. We're caught up in Will Smith smacking somebody because he's just a loose cannon and just smacking people around. <laughs> like nobody said anything to warrant him crazy creating an action. Yeah. Chris Rock said nothing. So does yeah. he sit in a world that what he thinks is, is like his joke was right? So Will Smith yeah, is doing all this. think that, yeah. Because he was joking. Like, I don't think that you can, I don't think like, no, in no world are you looking at anybody making fun of another person, joking or not, if it's about the medical condition and saying that that's okay. There's mm-hmm. no world. There's no world where that's right. Mm-hmm. There's no kid who's like, hey, that I, I, I reacted on like, you know, this kid has been making fun of me. He's been making fun of my, you know, this or that, or because a medical condition is, you can't control a medical condition. That's so brutal. Why are you making fun of someone for their medical condition? That's not right at all. Mm-hmm. That is just, that is just, that's not funny. And clearly yeah. Will Smith was like, that's not funny. <laughs> that's not funny. Yeah. And even after, because usually you poke fun at a buddy and whatever. And then when they bite back, you go, oh, he doesn't like that. Sorry. There's an apology with that, right? Usually when there's a little bite back, there's typically a little bit of like a, sorry, I didn't know that that was bothering you. Yeah. My bad. It it reminds me too of like, there are these moments in relationships, right? In our intimate relationships, when we're joking with each other, we're having a a time, we're bugging, we're poking fun, like, you know, we're poking the bear. It's, it's, we're in a relationship, you're best friends. So you're just having fun. Nice little banter. Yeah. A little banter. And then all of a sudden, we all know this experience where all of a sudden, either you feel some type of way or they do about what they said. And all of a sudden you're like, wait, was that a joke? A little too far. Yeah. What, like, are, are you joking there? Or are you like only saying that out of like, you really feel some type of way, but you're using it in this joking form to pretend like it's not a big deal, but it is a big deal. And, you know, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden now you're in a completely different way of being with this person. Well, so then what does that person do? Oh, uh, I, I hear you. No, I wasn't. I wasn't. It was just a joke. I'm sorry. And there's an apology every single time. So you're absolutely right. Like this is no different than any other form of banter. Like that has to go both ways. If I snap at you for saying something that I feel is inappropriate. Yes. That's from my own initial insecurity or struggle within. Yes. So then I do have to apologize for snapping at you um, because that's not your necessarily fault. However, we do influence people's behavior in this world. That is true. And the idea that we don't, I think is what leads us to this position of thinking Chris doesn't have to apologize because it was just a joke. Yes. And his behavior influenced another human as we do, right? Like it, there's this, there's a lot of posts I'm seeing recently about, and I fall in trap to this as well, is that um, you, if you make me feel some type of way, it has nothing to do with you and it has everything to do with me. Right. So like we, we, your response to people is your responsibility. Yes, that is true. But we're human beings. Like your, everybody's influence in the world is going to affect me in some way because I'm watching it. I'm perceiving it. I'm taking in the information. It's being processed through me. Maybe there's trauma around there. Maybe there's an experience around there. I remember maybe there's upsetness or insecurity, or maybe I'm just upset with life. And so then this is just an addition to being upset with life. I don't know. There's so many different things, but because you said this, I now feel something in my, my body. If you didn't say that, I wouldn't feel that way in my body. So you do influence me. Therefore, a conversation around what that did and how that looked is important on both sides of the equation. So 
I just went on a huge tangent to basically agree with you by saying, yes, I think that there does need to be ownership on the other side as well. And I am surprised that there is not. And maybe it's hiding. Maybe it's on the Twitter forum. I don't know. Um, But I know from what I know is that I haven't seen that. And Mm -hmm. that doesn't really make sense to me. Yeah. And if it's out there, scrap that whole little bit. Sure. Yeah. (laughs) Scrap that whole bit. But I haven't heard, (laughs) I haven't heard anything about Chris Rock apologizing for how like how what he did was right. perceived right right and i think that the fact that we're just kind of over or just past that and we're trying to cancel will smith and all of this stuff kind of leaves a little bit to to it just kind of shows that like you know i think sometimes the physicality of things like over masks the 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 words and like i think that we need to understand that words are powerful as well words can i've heard i've heard words that have hurt harder than real slaps And I've said words that have hurt more than words, more than slaps. Like the way that it cuts is so different, right? Like a, a hit is a hit and then it's over. Like it, it's very simple and, and there it is. But words can literally live with, they do live with you for the rest of your life, right? Like there's clients I work with that have words given to them as children and they're still living under the realm of that word. It's still mm-hmm. controlling their life. If they got hit, it might be different. Uh, because that hit was in that moment and you knew it was a disciplinary action towards this experience. But the word is still here, prevalent, running my life, um, whatever way. Uh, it's controlling me, right? So there's a lot of shame around words. And go back to Katrina's episode. She literally said, you know, a little boy gets told when he's young, boys don't cry. So then all of a sudden there's shame around that. That's based on words, right? That's based on the repercussion of words. So why we're not paying attention to the cutting edge of, of uh, the sort of words is, tif- is tough. It's very tough. Mm-hmm. So, all right. So Will Smith then goes dark, as I think we probably all expected him to, right? Like he's got to take time. He's got to process And now we're getting to the part of the conversation uh, three months later. So initially, in my experience, I didn't even realize that it kind of went dark, but um, I just kind of moved on with with my life. That was my response to it all. I was like, okay, perfect. Here's this. He apologized. Got it. We probably won't see him for a little while. That's just, that's the normal in my head way about how celebrities go about, about this, right? Allow some time for processing. And depending on the type of person you are, you will go into your own life dissect what happened, where that came from, and then be able to speak in it more depth later. To me, that just makes sense. A lot of people don't feel that way. A lot of people feel like he should have came out sooner. He should have said something sooner, which we're going to get to. So now here we are. Will Smith releases this video. He says, it's been a minute. As classic Will Smith, it's been a minute. And he has a few questions that he wants to answer. He's saying, I want to answer some questions that you've had about this process. Now, I want to point out that Will Smith doing this video was doing you a favor. Like He didn't have to. He apologized already. He already went through the process. Now, everything on the back end is his to deal with him and Chris Rock and the families and all that stuff. That's for him to deal with in his own life. But he came out to do a favor to the world by answering some of the questions, which he did not have to do. There is nowhere in this playbook that says Will has to answer 7 billion people's unique experiences in this world's questions. That is not the case. He does not have to, but he did. 
he chose to. So he comes up with this video. Um, and for a lot of people, they, they claim it as it was beautifully produced. And I would agree. I think it was. Um, and he answered some questions, which essentially was an apology again. It was just another apology is how I perceived it. He comes out and he talks about, um, you know, are you speaking to Chris Rock? No, um, I would like to, but he has chosen not to right now. So I respect his decision. Um, did Jada influence your decision? No, it was my inner feeling, my inner trauma that sparked that uh, action. Um, and then he answered, why didn't you speak to the event or speak to the circumstance of slap when you accepted your Oscar, which he then says, I was in a haze. You know, I had no idea what was going on. Um, I also think that that would have been tough for anyone in any position to do. Um, I don't really know what the world expected him to do in that moment. So here's this video and the world's gone crazy as they do. The world's gone crazy. So here we are now having a conversation about it. So the video comes out. You see it. It's like five minutes long. Your response is what? Right out of the gate. He's taking ownership. He's taking ownership. Great. Perfect. I think I had a similar reaction. It was very simple. It was like, here's another video of him dissecting his experience, sharing his truth, sharing his thoughts about what the hell happened giving more context to the world, which again, he did not have to, giving more context to the world around what happened at this event. Let me answer some questions for you so you don't have to feel so confused. Right out of the gate, I sit, in, I sit in a position of, I don't see what the problem is. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know where, why we're at this place of brutally attacking him still for something that happened three and a half months ago. I can't really comprehend the intention there. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think that, you know, the world's in a really interesting place because every action is going to get dissected so bad mm -hmm. that it forces you to have to think about every action that you're doing, right? And so it really does create radical accountability, um, because you know, every move that you make, especially at the level of Will Smith is going to get ridiculed so much. And so there's, there's two things. I don't mind holding somebody accountable for their actions. I don't mind, but we can hold somebody to their to accountable for their actions and also live in a place of like, I'll never forgive you. A question that's, that's very prevalent here. And, and I don't think this is what you're saying, but I, I think that this is what a lot of comments in this section are not considering who are you anwar who are you to hold will accountable i'm 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 nobody I'm, I, I'm, at what point did did you ever feel like it was your responsibility to hold will accountable no so that's where i'm really confused at the demeanor approach to this is is who am i to hold a celebrity that i don't know by the way, I don't know if, if, the, if everyone remembers this, but you're not best friends with Will. So you don't actually know who he is. So who, who am I and what position do I think I am in to hold Will Smith accountable for this experience? It's, and people I don't think are going to like this phrasing, but it's such self-righteous behavior of like the world revolves around me. 
Will Smith did this and it's affecting my world. I'm not, I'm not quite sure how, but um, I hear you and I'm trying to understand you, but I am very confused as to at what point we thought we were God over Will Smith's life that we could hold him accountable. Like we are his father. Yeah. I think we often like, we often get confused about like what these celebrities and what these people whose lives are on public display, what they mean to us. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, for me, it's just another journey for us to learn about our own journey with. Right. Mm -hmm. So like the way he kind of carried himself, he did an action. He took a silence, the way he's apologizing, the way he's taking accountability, the way that he's not living on the fence of like, well, like I'm entitled to hit him. He said this and this caused this. And like the, 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 the reflection process in which he's taking to understand and own, why did that reaction come out of him? Why did his body feel some type of way that his mind wasn't connected to and it caused a, a lack of character? Like he is doing such an, and I think the learning curve from us being able to watch someone make a mistake in public and watch somebody own it in public is like, how can we take the steps they're taking and incorporate it into our lives? This is just like, for, this is like a movie in real life for us to watch and learn from, not for us to be the, 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 the critics, like, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of us aren't even like a lot of these people were talking like zero followers, zero, this, zero, that. And then the comment section, you're canceled forever. Just the empty words, empty, like we're not here to be able to put that you're, I feel like our role is more so like, how can we learn from Will Smith having all of this happen in public and how can mm-hmm. we learn from his steps? And in terms of being able to, you know, have better moments in our own life, better become better people for ourselves. Right. But yeah, to your point, the people that are really just there to just hate and, and really just carry no value, no weight. At the end of the day, it's like, how much has he given us? What have we given him? What have we given him? Right. Um, in terms of like, have you given them direct advice? Have you given them like, you know what I mean? You you carry a different experience when you're like someone who was, you know, in maybe or a good friend of his or whatever, you know, you're a fan at the end of the day. And to de- a degree, the reason why we're doing all of these steps is because you're a fan and because the fans have made Will Smith who he is. Mm-hmm. He feels like I'm going to, okay, at least give you guys the benefit of like, I will apologize and make sure you guys kind of know where things are at. And because you guys have been along for the ride, you know, I'm going to give you a little bit of, you know, let you know what's going on a little bit underneath the hood, but the entitlement of like how he's going about it and this and that, and all that self-righteousness that you're talking about. Yeah. Some of that's just ridiculous, you know, and just, you read some of these comments and you go like, who are you buddy? And, and that's, so that's what I think we can even just jump to right now. It's like um, the, these are three comments really back back to back. Um, the first one is the fact that it took you this long to apologize is just disappointing for real. Literally right under that, it says, um, dot, 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 three months later. Then below that says, this is not an apology. This is publicity for Westbrook. And another one above it, I see it is, And so the PR campaign begins. The wildness to me of this is like, what exactly was the expectation? One month, you would have said the same thing. It's been a month. The PR campaign begins. You would have said the exact same thing. So something you said earlier, before we even got this conversation is damned if you do, damned if you don't. You will, And this is the reality of the world, I think. So here's, let me, <laughs> there's, there's a lot processing in my brain. I want to share a very important part of this is that I am one of the most open-ended 
understanding people in the world. I want to understand people's behavior and get to a clear why. And I feel uncomfortable ever being in a position of like emotionally attacking or making you feel like you're less than like, I don't want to come into this position and say like the people who are coming through this are messed up and there's something wrong with you. And like, how could you write these things? Uh, but I am a human. So I am reacting to these very candidly in this conversation. And I also understand, like, I also get that you didn't want it to take three months. I get that. I get that. It felt like it was too long. Sure. For me, that makes sense. If you wanted it to be two weeks, sure. That makes sense to me. I don't really know your why yet, but I understand you felt like it took forever for him to apologize. Totally. And I always ask this question of like, these comments are a reflection of your life. So that's what my, inter- my understanding of, of psychology is, is like um, three months later is a representation of possibly someone in your life that hasn't apologized to you yet or that you haven't apologized to. And so you're feeling triggered by the fact that he comes out three months later and not faster, not sooner. You believe that's wrong behavior based on your past. Okay, I hear that. I understand that. And I still struggle with reading that and having that be such a liked comment. There's 445 likes on three months later. Um, Where are you? Like, again, it's self-righteous behavior. And it's difficult to read sometimes. So I'm very passionate about this process because I, 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 I'm just being candid with, with this response. I'm just being very open with this is, what's, this is how I feel. This is, this is how these things make me feel. And I, what I'm trying to represent here is that you can have emotional responses to things and then still allow yourself to process after. But there's this expectation that you're not allowed to have the emotional response and that you should be processing already the perfect way and have the perfect answer right away when there's no human in that, right? So same thing with these people. This is not an apology. This is publicity. This is, the, this is a reactive comment, right? This is just, this is my first thought. I'm going to type this and put it in. But then my question is like, what's happening in your brain and in your thoughts an hour after that, two hours after that, a week after that? Like, do you still feel good about that comment? Have you asked yourself why you wrote wrote that comment? Have you processed the emotion that you felt when you did write that comment? And has that passed now? Do you feel differently? Like, can you give yourself the, the movement towards understanding and change to see it from a different perspective? Or is it still fully full-blown emotion? Like, what's the process for you? I, I think I'm just clarifying in a way, and I probably self-protection, that um, I don't think these people are bad people just like I don't think Will Smith is a bad person, right? Like this comment is meant to dissect or this, this conversation is meant to really dissect um, the multiple different views. And what we're trying to do here is expand the awareness around every other possible view. And unfortunately in that process, it's going to involve um, reading some of these comments and having some emotional reaction to them because that's part of being human, just like Will is being a human. There's my rant for the day. Yeah, the comment section can make you go crazy. I think crazy, man. I think that there is, um, I try to stay, you know, I think the comment section is definitely a, a place that I, I, I 
I, I pay attention to and I play in just to kind of see like, you know, the the pace of which people are receiving information at and how it's hitting different people. Because um, your reaction is way one way and then you read like four comments down and you're like, whoa, that's a polarizing, completely opposite type of opinion mm-hmm. and perspective. And I think that I always like to kind of sit somewhere um, in the middle and at least know where both sides are saying. Mm-hmm. I could lean more left. I can lean more right. But like, what is more left? What is more right? And I think the comment section definitely offers that. Now, I think that to some of the comments and, you know, to some of the um, production comments and the, and the, this and that, I think really the, we're, all of those people are kind of missing the mark a little bit, you know, three months later, um, three months, like those are the kind of people who are, are so focused on the, like, they don't, they're not actually invested in this getting resolved. No, you're absolutely right. At all. Well said. Like they're not really invested. They're invested in the drama. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately in life, we like the drama. Mm-hmm. When I hear people like, oh, you're canceled. I, I just feel like I'm like, okay, cool. You're invested in the drama. You're not invested in the solution. You want this to prolong. You want there to be 45 more steps. You want there to be, you can't just see it as what it actually is is somebody putting together a video to keep you updated on you know what's going on to keep you updated on that he is a working progress and that this is how these are some of the steps that I've taken mm-hmm. and i think that even for the person that is like you, you know um 3 months one could argue if he came out sooner it would have been like you know he hasn't even processed why did he even like that that, that that's an empty apology right yeah, so i think so that quick. So quick. Right. So I think that like the real takeaway is that like we all have a process in how we deal with coping with issues. I think Will Smith has done a fantastic job of showing people that when how many people have had an outer body experience like that and never even thought once to think a little bit deeper about why that's coming up. And they're so focused on the this conversation could easily be kept in this world of like, well, he offended his wife. And just leave it there. Like mm-hmm. he offended his wife. He smacked him. I don't know what, what's there to be discussed here. Right. Somebody, if somebody's walking on the street and says an offensive racial slur and I slap him, like, do I need to go internal and figure out like why I, you know, I'm feeling that way, why I felt compelled to hit him, you know, all these, all these different things. No, it's people are just going to stay at the, but no, he took, he took his action and went, I'm better than that. Why, 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 why? Mm-hmm three months processing why trying to figure out what's coming up for me. Why did I do that? And so many of us are making are having character faults and mistakes in our lives that we're making and not asking ourselves why. And we keep finding ourselves in the same pattern of repeating these behaviors over and over again, because we give out empty apologies. You just say, sorry, mm-hmm. don't actually reflect like, would we rather just an empty apology or would we rather like, you know, get deeper and solve the problem, take the time yeah. to process why you're doing something, really figure out the root of the problem, rip mm-hmm. the root out from its like birth, and then maybe have a better opportunity to not have that moment happen again. Exactly. Versus a quick response or a quick reaction and a, and a quick apology and no process and no learning. And then ultimately, you know, we wait till the, the, the trigger goes off again and it just leads us right back to where we started. Mm-hmm. Now, so I think that the real, the real visual that I got in, in, in watching him apologize was 
the the deep reflection of it. If you watch the video, who he apologizes to, how he apologizes, the understanding, the answering, the like, it was just so many of us humans aren't deep enough to think about things that are like beyond a reaction and an apology. I used to hate, like one thing that bothers me is empty apologies. I hate empty apologies more than ever, more than anything. Cause it's like, if we come back here, it. if we come back here again and the answer is I'm sorry. Cause I feel like I, when I, at one point I used to have to like, I was being forced to accept sorry as if like that was going to make me feel better yes. or that was going to like, I actually like seeing the work. Like I like yes. seeing the math. I, I prefer an apology like the Will Smith where there's a mm -hmm. process. There is like a accountability for the steps. There's a reflection period of like, how it came to be, what came to be, but like just coming back around the corner after something and being like, listen, I'm sorry. I hate, I hate the, that kind of apology personally. So for me, it's like, cause that apology doesn't like when I see an apology, cause it's so natural to do something wrong. And we all know in this world, sorry is the answer to doing something wrong, right? That's the beginning of it. But like, we've gone so used to accepting empty ass apologies. Mm-hmm because we all just know that that's the default setting of what you do when you do something wrong. You say, sorry. Mm -hmm. And, and it, like, it never gets to the root of what you're sorry for and what the person is even feeling in the first place. Like you're apologizing for your behavior, but the, like even just to what you just said, this is something that I have navigated in my relationship is that, you know, uh, apologies on the, at the beginning of something for me is, is kind of just like, I want to make it go away. It's like, I want to make sure that everything is okay. And, and you, you feel okay. Okay. And so that I can feel okay. Like I'm regulating myself through you by saying, I'm sorry. And for me, I would much rather prefer an apology after we've had a discussion around what happened and after around like, okay, how did this make you feel? How did this make me feel? What happened here? How did we even get here? Having that conversation, because then I feel heard. Then I feel actually acknowledged and seen in the process, right? Which I think is one of the reasons why you don't appreciate it as well. You probably prefer it never or after because this person has processed more in depth of what really happened here. If I hit you out of nowhere, then I can just say, I'm sorry. Like that is fine. Like that's a very basic instinct of like, you know, you and I are hanging out. Um, I say, I'm sorry because I hit you for some reason. Um, and then I, what I would proceed that with um, or follow up with is, um, whoa, like, I don't, I'm just going to go take a minute. Like, I don't, I don't know why I did that. I'm, I'm sorry. I apologize. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to have to go figure out like what happened here. Cause I don't understand why I hit you, but I hit you. So I, you know, like, I think there's ways about going about it, but I don't think that it should be the end all be all. Like it doesn't just end something. It doesn't bring something to a close. It's part of a bigger process. Does that align with you? Does that make sense? Oh, definitely. And I think he did that. He apologized right. immediately. Cause he was like, clearly I did something wrong. I'm a work yes. in progress. And then now this second apology was more detailed. It was more. And, it, and, and one thing that we didn't talk about was the fact that he's reached out to Chris and Chris said, you know, I'm not ready to talk right now. And so boundaries were set. Right. Mm -hmm. And so you can't force apologies on someone like that person says to go back to your comment point, the, the entitlement part, mm, it only took three months. Well, I find that comment interesting because Chris Rock is not ready to talk. So who are we actually apologizing to? Took three months for who? For you? Like, because Chris is not actually talking to Will right now. So he's actually, he's apologized and it's on pause. So he's only making this video to let you know that the apology is on pause. Um, 
So who, who are we three months late for? <laughs> like, I don't even know what this timeline we have in this comment section. Oh, it took three months for who? Chris doesn't and, want to talk. Chris set a boundary. He, Will's he, respecting the boundary. He literally posted his very first post. I apologize to you, Chris. Publicly, he's already done so. And now people are mad because he didn't do it in this video again. Like I, the expectation around this is wild. And something that you, I need to make sure that we come back to, you said character flaw or like character break. A lot of people are attacking Will's character right now. Y'all know that, that just because I say I am an integral person, I have a lot of integrity. doesn't mean I always have integrity. Just because I'm, I say I'm a humble person doesn't mean sometimes I don't have a humble share. I share it in a different way. Like it, it's not possible to find a specific kind of character and be perfect at it. Like it's to the conversation around Will was looked at in this light that he was actually perfect, but y'all didn't read his autobiography. He is not and has not been. He has made a lot of mistakes. He has done a lot of things he's not proud of a lot. And yet we're saying, Oh, so out of character. No, it's actually not. It's in line with what character really means, which is this is who I want to be each and every day. And I'm going to try my best to do that. And sometimes I won't because of circumstances and in true character fashion, I'm then going to analyze that because that's also part of my character is to reflect and to be self-aware and own and take responsibility for my actions. So this is actually on par with character. This is exactly what character means. So I find it very interesting that we're in this conversation of like, we saw Will's true character. Yeah, but it's always been that way. Like the only difference is that he's made mistakes behind the scenes that you haven't seen and he's acknowledged and owned up for. This one was just in your face. And you're thinking that this one is the one anomaly. Not true. Because how many times have I, and the listener, I want to challenge you on this as well. How many times have you not kept your word? And then you've been like, oh shit, I didn't keep my word. I didn't, I didn't, I committed to something and I didn't do it. A great example for me in my relationship coaching. How many of you have committed to a partner and then broken up with them? I'm not saying you have to stay. I'm saying, what was the process? Or you've cheated on them or you've done a million other things. Well, that is that a break of your character or is there something wrong with you? Are you a bad person? If you think about yourself that way, then you're going to see Will that way, right? Like what's the reflection back here of his behavior? That's, that's for me, like what I would leap and end this conversation with is what is Will's behavior mirroring back to you about yourself? What is it asking of you about your life? What is it asking you to face that you don't want to face? This is why I went back to like, um, three months. It's like, who's not apologized to you that you're still waiting to apologize to you for? Like, what is, what is the, the pull at that comment? Like, you don't just say those things because of nothing. They're coming from somewhere. Why? So if you're going to ask Will to do more, you have to ask yourself to do more. Right. Or have you been caught in a similar situation with Will and you weren't given forgiveness. So now you don't want to give Will forgiveness. Exactly. It's like, what's the deeper reflection of yourself here? This has nothing to do with Will smacking someone. Your response has nothing to do with Will smacking someone. It has everything to do with like, why did I even feel some type of way in the first place? Right. And for you, like we talked about at the beginning, you were able to just be like, no disciplinary action. 
right? And I was, that's, that's your response to this because it's something that you've been a part of. And this is not something that's overly surprising behavior for a human being to do. And so for you, it kind of was like, whoa, like, oof, bro, but also like, yeah. All right, cool. This makes sense. Right. That's your mm-hmm. response. And mine was, oh, that looked kind of fake, like questioning it, constantly questioning everything in my life. Is it, is it real? Is it real? Is it real? That's my response. And then my friend who texted me, Will is fucked. Why did he say that? Why did it, why was his reaction that way? Like it's, it's, what is the, I think I think this is such a, this is such an opportunity for us to learn about ourselves, but I think, I don't know. I, I, I guess maybe we're not ready to do so. It's kind of where we're gathering right now is like a lot of people aren't ready to look at themselves in this process. Mm-hmm. We're looking for someone to blame. There's a lot, there's a lot to pull out there. Yeah. I think, I think out of all these, you know, social media, you know, the new way of making money, the new work life, like, you know, out of all the things that have kind of come up in, in our space and that, you know, the one that I makes me lose sleep at night is cancel culture. I think cancel culture is extremely dangerous. It is probably the worst thing that's going on in terms of kind of like being able to speak up, being able to make mistakes because to your point, character is caught up in the idea of making mistakes, learning from them, building. And when you build one mistake, that doesn't mean you're perfect yet. That means you can, you can make another mistake in a different area. Then you got to do it again. Then you got to do it again. But this idea that we can just have a paintbrush opinion about somebody. Will Smith is 53 years old. Has he made, and he's made, he slapped one person and his 53, like all of the years of everything that he's done, we're trying to just erase it with one swipe of a paintbrush while he's going through a process of honestly taking accountability, like respecting the, like the, 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 like, like this is think about all the shitty apologizes we've ever freaking received in our lives and have just moved on this thorough apology of reflection and this and that, and all, and all of this we're like unhappy with and ready to just wipe 53 years off the face of the earth with one paintbrush, Ugh. Mm-hmm. morbid behavior. Mm-hmm. Will Smith is dead to me. If we, if we accept this level of rigidness and unforgivingness, we are in a horrible place as a society. We are in a horrible place because, and as, and, 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 and I would love to people to like reflect on this too, as an individual, like this will people like, I think, I think when people think that something that people don't do well is put themselves in other people's shoes. Mm-hmm. They don't do that well at all. Because if you were to go into Will Smith's body and endure all the things that he's endured in terms of like backlash and all of that, and just kind of wear it, wear it, wear it, be the bigger person, be the bigger person, be the bigger person, be the bigger person for, you know, you've had a, he's, he's 53 years old, all those times he was the bigger person. And one time you step out of line, you make a mistake and you own it and you feel like the world is canceling you. How, how would you feel? All those times I took no, no one cares about the time that you had a great time at the restaurant. No one writes reviews on that. And we live in this sick world of like, when you have great experiences, we don't talk about it. 
You could go to the same goddamn restaurant 87 times. 87 times they knock it out of the park. One time they don't knock it out of the park. Your Twitter fingers are going crazy. And the perspective is that we don't know that you've gone 81 times and were happy and loved it. All we know is that you went the one time and hated it. Mm-hmm. So my perspective is built off of a one review that I'm reading, but it's it's not the true picture. How many times has Will taken the higher road? How many times has Will, did we not watch Will like a literally a couple like a, a year ago a couple months ago sit down with his with his with his wife and have to endure the fact that she was like sleeping with another guy and watch him sit at the table and take on that conversation and entertain it and and be open and public about that conversation and deal with a situationship how many of you guys would have handled that well or to go back and take ownership for the way prince of bel-air fell apart like that, that video made me so uncomfortable because it was such radical honesty and radical responsibility for something that happened so long ago with people who were clearly still very upset about it. And it's like, it, it, well, that's out the window now because of a slap. Like, come on, we can we gotta absolutely be better. do better. Yeah, we got to do better. And I think, I think the worst part is, is that like, I'm watching it on the internet but you're seeing that in real life as well. Like you're seeing oh, people yeah. have shorter, shorter temperaments with people, shorter, like that person did that done. That person did that done. Like the temperament is like so quick. It's so quick to like, you know, there's no, like, there's no acceptance that like, if you truly believe that we all are a working progress, well, then that means like, you know, at some point, yeah, you can't cut somebody off and give up on them. But I think that our like attention span and our willingness to like, you know, fight for something is getting smaller and smaller and our, our, and our ability to quit, cut someone off or cancel them is getting higher and higher. And I think that's very dangerous. It's a very dangerous game to play because in this world where it's already so hard to have people believe in you, if you make one mistake and you're done, like, what is that going to do for your belief system? What is that going to do for your self-esteem? What is that going to do for your confidence? You know what I mean? And I think that like, Unfortunately, we care about these opinions that don't matter. And like Kyrie said, like, that's just another part of the human struggle is this idea that we have to give a shit about what everybody thinks. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, like you said, we're human and those words do hit us, whether mm-hmm. we like it or not. A person with zero followers, zero everything can write something. And for some reason, you feel that. But to your point, if you just forget about what they said and focus on why you feel that way and address that, you can get to a better place. Because if they said something that's triggering an insecurity in you, it's not about what they said. It's about the insecurity that's in you. And if you focus on the insecurity, you're you're on the right trajectory of fixing that that comment not affecting you. Mm-hmm. You get owner, you take you take the ownership back. Mm-hmm. Yes, a hundred percent. And that's what the the important factor in all of this is is to understand on a more deeper level, which will a lot don't. And I didn't for a large portion of my life is how trauma works. We don't understand trauma and we're trying, we're learning, but it's a complicated matter. And in that video that he just shared that we're talking about, he said, my central trauma is letting people down. Like, so Jada didn't have to say, I need you to stand up for me because it doesn't, it probably wouldn't have even created something in him for him. He saw the face that said, if I don't do something, I'm gonna let you down. And maybe in the last little bit, they've had struggles and he was letting her down. I don't know. Who knows? Regardless of whether we know or not, his central trauma is that. 
So what happens? The body takes over. The blur he's talking about is psychologically proven, scientifically proven. That's, that's actually things that happen. There are so many behaviors that I can look at in my past and say, I had absolutely no idea I was doing that. No idea. The, th- the times that I got angry, the times that I punched holes in the wall, the times that I um, broke up with pe- people and, and did poor behaviors. Like, I have no idea that I'm doing those things. I had no idea. Now I do looking back, but I didn't know because that's trauma at play. That's body memory at play. The body doesn't, it doesn't have a, an ability to let you cognitively process this because the body is in fight or flight or freeze or fawn. It's a, it's a human response, not a piece of shit response, not a devil response. It's a human response. It's part of being a human, right? So like the centralized trauma for him is that. So he acted out of that central trauma, but not by choice. People, well, you always have choice. Well, there's a trauma. Trauma says otherwise. So you can only do so much work to move through that trauma. And yet it will still show up. Again, this idea of perfection and being fully healed will, will never be beyond that. It will show up in some way, small or big, when he's 80. So will mine. So will yours. It's not going away. We just learn how to respond to it better. And in that moment, he felt a lot more than just she's attacking, he's attacking my wife. He felt a lot more than that. We give no credit for that. We give no credit for the why, no credit for the challenge that he was under, and no credit for the fact that psychologically speaking, he was not in control. And that is something that we all do on a daily basis. Even some of these comments are not, they're not conscious comments. They're trauma comments. Why are we not, why are we not asking ourselves why I'm commenting these things? Why do I need to do so? Why do I need to cancel people? Why? And to, and to, to add to, cause I can hear the listeners thinking like, yeah, you can't just blame every action until I was out of control. I was out of control. I think the, this, the, 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 the part that's missing there because it, there is truth to that is that I think that once someone is triggered, their trauma has been triggered. It's not that they don't understand what they're actually doing next, whether it's verbal or physical, but they, at that moment, it believes it feels so real to them and consequences aren't in the forefront of the mind. It's not logic. It's not logically processing. It's just an emotion survive and the action. And you're like, you're not seeing how you're, you're not seeing how you're showing up in that moment and you're not seeing the backlash that can come in that moment. You're just in the moment. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't think that like, you know, sometimes yeah, there's sometimes where you black out and you know, there, there's this idea that like you just get mad and you just start like your body kind of gets really, but what's definitely whether you, you knew you threw the punch or you, you know, you were going to throw the punch or any of that is consequences and how you're showing up are typically like not in the forefront of your mind when you're going through those feelings. Um, I feel like, you know, from, from my experience, I, like, even if I knew what I was saying and I wasn't happy about what I was saying, I was not thinking about consequence at the time I was saying, I was thinking, this is how I'm feeling. I'm going to get it off, you know? And I knew I was getting it off, you know, whether I was in an argument or, um, I'm not really a physical person. I don't really hit things, but you know, in an argument, I can you say some, some words that feel like punches. That's for sure. Uh, and I've had to learn that, you know, 
in hindsight, like I'm, I'm always like, oh, what was missing when I was saying that was I didn't understand how that was going to land and how that was going to affect and how that was going to be a consequence. I was just thinking about like facts and like you made me feel something. I want to make you feel something. That's it. Right. That's all. That's the goal at the time is you made me feel something. I'm going to make you feel something. But you don't understand consequence when you're in that world. Um, uh, you know, how many times in your life have you found yourself saying, oh, sorry, I wasn't thinking? Like that's a, that's a prime example because the feeling overrides the thinking, right? Exactly. So it, it's, it's an important part of the process to bring compassion to it because what Will was trying to do in that video was say, I'm trying my best to understand that I made a mistake and not be ashamed of myself. Mm-hmm. And that is, that is a piece that needs to be given so much more breathing room is like, I don't want to be ashamed of myself. And people want him to be ashamed of himself. They want him to feel shame for his experience to feel like a bad person and let me add one thing to that while it's there because i think it's potent right now is that will right there is trying to manage self-talk right with that point he's trying to show you that he's trying to manage self-talk and one of the articles that we read they headlined it with you know a little bit more catchiness they talked about like what if will smith committed suicide Right. Or that something along those lines, like Will Smith is dead. What if this, all of this backlash, everything that we're talking about right now is sending Will Smith in a negative, negative feedback loop that he's not in control of. What if all of this is getting to him, right? Because of your empty comments, your empty threats, because of all this garbage that's going on around this event, right? What if it sends him in a different spiral and now he's not in control of the negative talk, well, then now we're having a mental health conversation, right? And then the mental health conversation, we know how those goes. If it goes low enough, we know what the statistics say, right? So for him managing that self-talk and trying to say, I'm trying to not think of myself as a piece of shit because that's what all of you guys are making. So if I start to believe in that, now we really got a problem, right? Because if you guys are already saying I'm a piece of shit, if I start to believe in that, well, that's how fragile this mind is, guys. That's how fragile this mind is, is people berating you and, and, and putting you in a box and you starting to believe that box that you're in and starting to believe that you're no, that, that it's not a flexible world anymore, that you're canceled and it's done this defiant line. Right. But if there's room of like, you know, understanding potential growth, learning, mm-hmm. those are the things that can keep your mental health in a balance. Right. So it's, it's, it's important. That last bit was very actually important. It, it made me feel like, okay, cool. Like the, these people who don't deserve, we're just the world, right? We don't really deserve yeah. an apology. Chris Rock deserves the apology are influencing how someone is, is, is internalizing this thing that they've done, which has a great bearing on their mental health mm-hmm. and how yeah. they process things. Right. And Will Smith has got a great team and they're going to keep them in line and they're going to make sure that, but we don't all have great teams. No. Not everybody in this world that you're in the comment section berating has a great team around them. Yeah. A hundred percent. And it's like, again, it's the power of words, right? Going back to what we said earlier is the words have so much more influence than we give credit for. We're just throwing them out like they're nothing. Uh, But like there's words that we hear as a children that make us not feel good enough or not worthy enough. And that's just two people. This is billions of people. Like it's different. That is different. And, and that I, you know, I run all my business on social platforms and just one comment sometimes will get me. I'll be like, throw it away. I'm done. 
And I have to work through that. Like I have to figure out how that feels and have to not take it personally and not take it on because those people don't know me. And it's like, it's, it's no joke. Like that's tough ass work. And that's one comment for me and I'm only going to grow. So I'm, I'm going to have to navigate a lot more comments as well. Um, so the real, yeah, the, the, I think the important part there to finish your sen- sen- sentiment off is like w- someone can be held accountable for their actions and not also be deemed like a piece of shit and unworthy and unlovable and uh, all of the ways in which we've made him feel. Um, they can still be held accountable, which he has been. And that is enough. That is enough. So I, we could talk about this forever because there's so much to pull out, but I do think that we should close the conversation just with some basic takeaway or nugget, I guess, of information that came from this conversation. So um, this has been a journey with Will Smith and we're doing our best to process in open and understanding ways while letting our human being be a part of this process. So what, what would you leave the audience with as a final takeaway around this concept of Will Smith and this experience? That we're all human. Um, we're all human and that we all have things that we're dealing with from our past that show up in our future and that how you respond to something, the things that make your body shake, the things that make your, your mind go West. These are all opportunities for us to work on something. If you choose to accept the work, you know, if you're using how you're feeling as a feedback loop to understand how, why does this person have so much influence on me when they say these things? Um, and you can really find a different, a different version of yourself. That's, you know, a lot more controlled, a lot more the one, the way you want to show up and not the way, you know, you are going to be acting in a, in a, in a, in a, in a, in a chapter or in a, in a moment or in a lapse of like, you know, mental or, you know, character flaw or, you know, some, something that you're not proud of. Right. But these moments are going to happen. And when they do happen, I think what Will Smith has shown is that there's definitely a way to go about it, you know? And I think that he's shown that there's an element of apology. There's an element of pro there's an element of, of a process and there's an element of seeking better, you know? And um, I think that there's, there's some, probably there's some men out there that feel like right now who are listening to this episode who feel like they weren't given the grace to be better. You know, they, they're like, they can, yeah, they can accept that they've made a mistake and they, they apologize and they've gone through the process, but the person on the other side of that didn't take it and they didn't want it and they moved on and that can make you feel some type of way. Right. But I want to leave this with at the end of the day, growth is an internal thing. If you feel like you've grown from a problem and you feel like you've grown from a situation, then the, the acceptance of that other person accepting your growth isn't the growth. That's, that's a validation you're looking for. You just got to know that you're better and that you're going to be better the next time that that situation presents itself. And sometimes that person who taught you the lesson might not be around for the future, but they were a big part of your ability to get over the hurdle and make sure that when you see that play again, that you don't make that same mistake. So don't, don't, don't kill your self-esteem because someone else didn't accept the growth that you're looking for. And that is like a, 
that's like the real true underlining of all of this, right? Because if the world doesn't accept Will Smith again, hypothetically, as long as Will Smith accepts Will Smith and believes in his process and believes in his growth from that experience, because imagine Will Smith never stops another person ever again. I don't think he's going to care about all the people that canceled them for that because mm-hmm. it taught him how to be a better man in that situation. Mm-hmm. And so don't look for validation, look for growth because validation will hold you back. Mm-hmm. Well said, and it, it leads me into mine. Very simply put, um, I had a lot of thoughts just come up around which way I could finish this, but uh, I think that uh, to bring it into the context of why we even had this conversation in the first place. I think a big component for me is revolving around shame and the influence that shame has on our lives. And Will Smith spoke beautifully to that. Like he, in th- for the past three months, he's been battling shame he's, of, you know, what's wrong with me as a human being? How could I do something like that? There must be something wrong with me. And, Shame is one of the leading factors, one of the leading drivers in our decision to no longer be on this planet. Shame. And so we're not addressing the fact that, like you said, you brought up so beautifully that we're putting Will in a position to question who he is as a human and his value in this world. And that is just so tough. And we already do that to ourselves sometimes, let alone have billions of people do it to us. Um, so you're trying so hard to fight your own narrative and then you have other people affirming the side you're trying to fight against. And so it's, I think for me, it's just the reminder of like, use this experience as a way to understand yourself deeper and understand how you approach situations like this, why you approach situations like this, the way you do why you comment the things you do, why you feel the way you do, like just allow them to be a learning process for yourself rather than an opportunity to shame somebody and make them feel like they're a bad person because they're not. Um, It's your interpretation of them and it can be really harmful. So just be conscious of your words, be conscious of your approach to people in this world and just do your best. Like, Will was just doing his best. And that's a very threatening statement for a lot of people. But in my eyes, full circle, Will was actually doing the best that he could with the circumstance he was in, with the circumstances that he's lived through his entire life. He's just doing his best. And sometimes our best is not great, but it's still our best. And then we can do better after. It's part of the human journey. So... That wraps up the conversation of Will Smith. We did it. We got in it. We got nitty gritty, said all the things, let all of the things out. And uh, that brings us to a close. So thank you for listening. I hope you got some value out of this episode. We really appreciate you being here and being a part of this process. There's a lot to learn from all experiences of life. And we want to make sure that we provide conversations that empower you to see things in different ways. And whether you do or whether you don't is absolutely your call. Um, But we're always going to be here to provide a different perspective towards uh, our journey as men and masculinity. So don't forget to download, subscribe, follow us on YouTube. Please, please let us know how you are liking these episodes. Let us know if there's something you want us to talk about so we can have that conversation and get into it and and open up the, the fields of awareness and perspective. And we will see you in the next episode. What's up, everybody? 
Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Modern Masculinity Podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode and we invite you to join us next week as we put out content every single Wednesday. Our goal with this platform is to create a community to support men on their journey of becoming conscious kings. And in saying so, if you took any value out of this episode or previous episodes, please share, download, subscribe. And if you're feeling really up to it, go ahead and leave a review. You can follow us at Modern Masculinity. Remember, the K, it's with a K, not a C, to represent the mask that we wear. And like always, thank you for listening. And we'll see you next week.